All right, here we go. Potaholics time and PowerWorks with Glenn Power from PowerWorks Automotive. How'd you like that start? I like it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get that as a ringtone. <laughs> PowerWorks Automotive. And <laughs> coming to you from the Rove Hotel downtown Dubai, the podcast studio. That's a cracking show. I'm using my British lingo there. We got a cracking crackin show. show yeah. And yeah, we're going to talk about car repair, as always. See if we can't get some uh, good information in there for Joey Woo Woo. And Dougie, who's got the Model T that he's redoing. And then just generally, we're talking cars. What we like, what we don't like. Glenn's going to fill us up on some repairs. And once we get all that done, it's probably a wrap. That'll be two minutes in, and then we'll start talking about other <laughs> random stuff. <laughs> Yeah. I still left up this list because it was, it's not so long ago that you said, check out this list of vehicles from a car collector who I, I take has been bringing them open the list, been bringing them into your shop. Like I think, and, and it's yeah. the, the one that's gotten, in fact, I'm looking at the list here. So I've seen a couple of these inside, inside your shop, but who owns not one, but two GMC typhoons, both from the same year. They only made them for that year. I think they might have gone into 93. But they only made them from 92 to 93, so. And uh, there's probably 10% of what's surviving <laughs> with the same collector there. Which is kind of, it's kind of odd when you look at the GMC Typhoon, Google it if you've never seen one of those. But it just looks like your classic Jimmy from that era. Like it doesn't look really any different than the classic Jimmy. Yeah, well, you know. Except the engine. The car's called the Typhoon and the engine's <laughs> called the Cyclone. <laughs> yeah. So it's when they had a sense of humor. Yeah. Well, it was charged. It was a charged engine. That's apart from a turbocharged American engine. That's very unusual, especially mm. then. And it's funny because when you had one in, I was looking under the hood and they did manage to cram it in there. It really oh, it's crammed in there. Yeah. I would not, I wouldn't say nicely, <laughs> it's, 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 but it's crammed well, in there. The, the correct word might be, it looks like a dog's breakfast. Yeah. I mean, we've all seen the map of the like London underground and stuff, right? That's what the vacuum system's like on it. That's oh, what the, the fuel system's like on it. And we had to rectify a lot of stuff that maybe over years and years and years of being looked after, gradually falling away from the agency. Mm. I asked the agency here for some technical data on some of the engine parts. We were looking yeah. for vacuum diagrams, etc. They didn't even know what the car was. <laughs> Well, why would they if they're here and they've just been dealing with the lock, yeah. stock and barrel of the trade in the UAE? Those wouldn't have been big sellers here, if any. And but they, but you would think they have at least online or via fiche or something. Yeah. The diagrams. I mean, the, the, Someone's got to have the diagrams. It's interesting. I'm on the way to the Fairmont Hotel when we leave here to drop off a Fiat 500. And we did the update show last week with Colin. Yeah. There's a bit of a behind the curtain of what goes on and he was asking about one of his fears that he bought and we asked about what's the chassis number prefix. Yeah. Oh, that's right. There was the CV. So or it was the 3C, which is Chrysler or ZF, which is Italian. And uh, Which one do you want? You don't want the 3C here because okay. you can't get the parts and they don't sell them here. They're all imported. So right. they don't decode. The chassis numbers won't decode. And uh, this one is the one that I'm dropping off. We've had it for seven days now so it's going back now it's fixed but we couldn't get the parts new so we had to find a used part and just get it get it ready it's for a construction company that use it right. to get around the between building sites on projects so that it was stopping them working you know you can't wear in PPE on a building site 
in August, yeah. walk three kilometers yeah. in between the site. So they need the car and it was a real pain. So if the vehicles aren't sold here and they're not built in a factory where vehicles from that factory are sold here, they're, they're almost impossible to get parts from. Oh, yeah. Very difficult. So. Mm. Mm. I'm looking at this list. It's quite eclectic. He's got a quite a number of 78, 89, 90, 93, 96, Porsche 911, 928, 928, 968 Club Sport. What a beautiful machine. You know what, right? You go through the list and it starts. He's, it's almost like he's, he's, he's almost got the right order. So yeah. if you're doing a chart rundown, he's almost got it in the right order. But... To be fair, I would swap the Typhoons with the Land Rover, and I'm not a Land Rover Ooh, person. Really? The but Land Rover Series 3 military pickups? Yeah, because he's, he's stayed faithful and true to how they were, even to the point where, so on the military pickup, they have, on the on the center of the dash, they have a big, chunky, never going to break light switch mm. that's a rotary switch. <laughs> of course they do. And it's <laughs> side, and, side light, side and tail light, headlight, side and tail light, then convoy and then convoy s so in convoy mode it turns all the lights off it even turns the engine ready to start and engine running lights off the dashboard so it's totally dark but it puts a light on underneath the car which shines onto the diff cover okay which is painted white so that any cars behind can see it but any enemy planes or anyone from the you know if you're driving through a valley or something, anyone on race ground cool. can't see the car. Yeah, that's cool. That, that's that was quite. That was like a nice little touch that we did. We painted the diff cover white, and it can't test it here. Yeah. <laughs> it's nowhere dark enough really unless we go out in the desert with it, which it could do. And it had a full, full engine change. We found a military engine. They call them pickled, so they leave them full of oil and on the shelf. Is that that's the is that the technical name? Yeah, of the, military uh, pickled engine. Yeah, pickled engine. So they leave them full of oil and ready to go. Basically, okay. they turn them over regularly. They make sure that they're not seized up. They make yeah. sure that they're up to date with service. And and then if if you have a breakdown on the engine, you take the old engine out, put the new one in. It runs, and then you fix that one in in camp or or wherever you yeah. may be. Neat. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah. What, what was the difference between the, the military, the, the Series 3 military pickup and the Series 3 civilian pickup? Was it big time different? A little bit. There are little differences. Like we say, there's the convoy mode for the lights and stuff. And yeah. then there's a, there's a few little few little subtle differences. And the engine, so they have a single belt or a double belt on the on the um, rest of the vehicle. I mean, it's, you know. It was the eighties, <laughs> and these Land Rovers from the fifties. So there wasn't that much difference. There wasn't that much difference. I mean, it's it's only thirty six, thirty seven years old. Yeah, only. But it looks, you know, you could add another fifty to that, and it, it wouldn't be out of place. You know, there's a reason. But we've said it. There's a reason that that there's a reason that shape of Defender that that wasn't called the Defender then, but it, it, yeah. you can see where it came from. And the Jeep Wrangler, you can see from the old military Jeep where it yeah, came from. Exactly. There's a reason they did so well. Yeah. Because they were originally made to perform and never break. Yeah. And then that stayed with them. So. Yeah. Of, of this list, uh, what are your thoughts on the, the 1991 Alfa Romeo Spider? It's <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Those look cool, though. They got that rounded hood on the front, and yeah, honestly, it, it looks I, nice. I can understand the attraction. I appreciate the vehicle for what it is. 
I'm not a fan of Italian cars, to be honest. The Alphas are the ones. Well, they had a bad, I mean, 91, that was the era when they had, they were just kind of starting yeah. to get a little bit more reliable, but they really had a bad run for a while. Alfa Romeo Spider. I mean, if, if there's anything left of it, it could just be some plastic trims on a pile of rust, <laughs> some tires. Oh, the rust, yeah. the rust. So no, look, they are what they are. And, and you know, the, the Top Gear guys in the UK always used to say, you could never consider yourself a petrol head unless you'd owned an Alfa. Mm. Well, I never want to be considered a petrol head. That's great. So that, that was good for me because I will never own one unless I'm given one. And then I think out of shame, uh, to, to avoid shame, I'll probably register it in my wife's name. I don't want to be registered <laughs> owner of an Alfa Romeo. I'm already the registered owner of a Pajero, and that's bad oh enough. Man. You're lucky. I'm not. But, you know, it's... It's, it's going to... You know, if they do indeed stop making them, which I, I can't understand why they would do that, because Colin buys enough of them to keep them in business, <laughs> The but it'll be a collector's item then. Yeah, but it's a little bit different to when they stop making the Defender. Yeah. I mean, those Pajeros, I mean, the Land Rovers were thrown together, but they had something about them. Yeah. And they're not my most favourite car, of course, but I mean, there's nothing about the Pajero. It's, it's literally a sensible car to buy. Mm. Mm. And yeah, we've said it before, they're, they're it's shocking on efficiency in yeah. terms of fuel <laughs> consumption. They're awful for the environment. There's nothing about the, the top the top spec in the last four or five years. The signature edition were, with the leather trim. Yeah, they were pretty cool. The top spec in the last four or five years with the Rockford sound. So they yeah. had the big subwoofer in the back and more speakers and they had leather seats and, you know, yeah. they were more comfortable to be inside of them. And, you know, they had, they've had headrests in mid-range ones for the last probably five, six, seven years. So they had screen headrests. Uh, so the people in the back, so children typically is a family car. So I get, I get it. I, like I say, my, my wife drives with family yeah. around in it, and uh, reliable. They Ish. are. They, they, they suffer with the the fact that there are no frills car. They don't. All of them don't have a service warning light on them. Well, you do reset them manually and, and the problem is you can also turn that warning off when you're doing that reset if you do it wrong. So a lot of them, even though they had it, ended up getting them turned off. That, now that is uh, not a It is thing. a problem for a car that never breaks down. Not a problem for a Land Rover. Yeah. <laughs> because you're going to get the Land Rover here, you're going to get it in all the time because it's going to be breaking down or leaking or whatever it is. So they, honestly, I have done... I've done more engine replacements for Mitsubishi and Toyota than I have Land Rover. Really? And on the face of it, that would be something you would never think of because yeah. hands down, the Toyota and Mitsubishi are much more quote unquote reliable when it mm. comes to mechanics, pure mechanics of an engine at least. So what, what what's leading to the engine failures? Because they never break. So they're never yeah. going in for service. They don't have service lights. Mm. And there's not many electronical electronic systems on them. So the Land Rovers are always binging and bonging at you and saying, this has <laughs> happened. You know, you've, you've turned the corner too sharp and then the AC has stopped working or the suspension can't keep up or... It's too much tech. Whatever it is. Yeah. So the people are always bringing them in. And, uh, you know, take what I say with a, more than a pinch of salt because I only ever see the bad ones. But I, I've done more engine replacements on the 
what people would perceive to be more reliable and they are and it's because they haven't been serviced for 100,000 kilometers yeah. try and do that with any other engine you've got yeah. no chance easy to find spare parts though like that I mean are you yeah. finding some pickled engines for the, the, the Toyota pickled ones but you can find them very very yeah. easily yeah they are very common here and, and you know there's a lot of accidents here yeah. we have a lot of accidents the, 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 put it down to seven eight nine ten you know you could have ten cars in a, a, an intersection uh, the drivers in those cars all learn to drive in a different country yeah. and they have different expectations of what the people next to them are going to do and you've also got the fact that you know roads change so often here we're building all the time mm. so roads change give way turns to right of way and vice versa so we get a lot of accidents here and there's more common the vehicle such as a Pajero or a Toyota Land Cruiser than the more likely they're going to be represented in, in proportion in, in the amount of accidents they have. So there's there's a lot of written off or accident damaged uh, vehicles that you can salvage engines and gearboxes from. I'm, I'm still always amazed at at least once a week, I'll have a conversation with someone about a four-wheel drive and Pajero comes up there because, hey, you know what? The, for all the things that you hate about a Pajero and, and that drive, one, drive us nuts about them, Mitsubishi has been pulling, they've been having a laugh because yeah. the engine is the same engine that's been in it forever. Yeah. So they're just churning those things out. Yeah. Not a whole bunch of tech. I mean, there's tech in them and they've got the bells and whistles, but really it's, it's a, it's a first gen car or a second gen in many ways. And they just keep changing the body a little bit, you know, a little tweak here, a yeah. little tweak there. What, you know, that, that thing has got to be just a moneymaker yet. They're saying they're not selling as many with, with, you know, people going into smaller sizes of vehicles, which for me actually becomes maybe a positive thing because those things can roll uh, as all four by fours can with, I, I don't think I've seen any crash tests, side crash tests for a standard four wheel drive thing, the SUV that when they get hit from the side, they don't roll it. No, the interesting thing with the, it always amazed me. So I, and it's out now on the Audi Q8 and the A8. So if they detect a side impact mm. with the side sense, they will lower the, if the impact's coming from the right, they'll lower the left and raise the right to take the passenger out of harm's way. And it's very, very smart. But I, I remember they've been talking about that for years and yeah. and the prototypes were done years ago. Um, but it's now out and active. But we did a lot about roll and, and pitch and, and all that sort of stuff on cars and how we, it was compensated on all the tech that we had on the VW group stuff. And when I came here, I think it was a Jeep Cherokee or Jeep Liberty to depending which market you're in, but it was yeah, in a Cherokee. Those Liberties didn't last long. So it was a Cherokee and I was in it and it was almost like they'd come out of the factory, the, they'd driven them off the line, turned a hard right in the, in the parking lot and thought, oh, I've just rolled it. So there, there was like a sticker on the sun visor that you pulled, as you pulled the sun visor down, it said, this vehicle is higher than normal vehicles, it may roll, please go slow on corners. You know, I just <laughs> that that I've got one of those on my vehicle. Yeah, but uh, it, was the, it was the Cherokee that, <laughs> you see that this is a fact. Yeah. You can't have everything. And, and we, you know, we lift cars. Sometimes people want to lift them for whatever reason. They want more ground clearance. And yeah, the problem is with that, you, you raise your center of gravity. And the higher that is, the less stable it is on the road. So particularly if you've already got an off-roader, like your Wrangler is perfectly capable. You mm. could put some, you could put some more chunky sand tires on it, maybe get a bigger side profile 
that will lift you and give you more ground clearance and then you could raise or take even take off the front bumper and put a skid plate under the front differential you're pretty good to go there's no reason to put four inch lift on it (laughs) on that note keep your eyes open for uh someone who's getting a lift job and uh they're gonna get rid of their old shocks because i'm in the market for some shocks (laughs) there we go then (laughs) there we go (laughs) Standard though, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just the normal everyday. I, I think my yellow Jeep still has all original shocks on it. We're That's a good effort. Yeah. I was looking, at, looking at the effort. other day and I'm thinking, I was, I was thinking, what are those stickers on it? It's, it's got the factory stickers still on a couple of them. That's a good effort. That's, <laughs> That's a cracking effort. Oh, but yeah, but this, this whole rolling stuff. And, I, and so the whole point of this whole conversation, bringing it back was people are, you know, if they're going to steer away from the, the, the Pajero, they're going to head to cars. Cars are safer anyway. So maybe this is, you know, it's just all around a better thing to happen. And it's not just that brand. It's all four by fours that are SUVs that are taller. That, that yeah. I mean, there's, there's, it's, it's give and take, I suppose the, the pros and cons to a four by four in particular is a good seating position. Mm. At least it's high though. I mean, that, yeah. yeah. So you've got a good seating position and you can see more of the road and you can see more of what's coming and you typically, if you get hit by a car, you're normally out of the impact. Yeah unless it's a serious impact. Um, and, you know, and with seating position in mind, it, it, to give them some credit, I've never sat in a car with a better seating position, and it really hurts me to say it, than a, than a Range Rover. Yeah, I Range Rover, The proper Range Rover, not yeah. the silly sport thing that they do, yeah. but the proper Range Rover. I don't nothing. get the sport. I don't get the... I, no. I just don't get it. I saw a couple of them yesterday, and I the guys had the doors open. It was really nice inside. They are nice cars to look but at. But I just don't get it. No, I don't. You can get the same supercharged engine in the full Range Rover, the full yeah. fat version, and and why wouldn't you? Why do you want a sporty Range Rover? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you know, for what sport? <laughs> well, that's the question I was asked. So, but they, I mean, they're, they're yeah. amazing machines, and but but seating position wise, mm. so I, I understand it. I understand that, but like you say, there, there is much more risk particularly with standard suspension. Mm. With air suspension and hydraulics, there's a lot more systems on there and, and controls, sorry, control systems on those that that help with that. So as, you, as you're approaching a corner, the suspension will be even in rebound rate and um, damping rate, but you will have, as you turn right, and it detects, first of all, the steering angle, it then will detect uh, your rate, which is um, the, the rotation about the centre. It can detect pitch and roll as you go around the corner and it will stiffen up if you're turning right stiffen up the left hand side as the weight goes left and try and keep the car level and they're very very good for that cars cars do that really really well in fact we we were driving an lr3 so a discovery 3 land rover and i was driving just around the corner just driving normally and it was a um interchange on the shakeside road and I was going around it and we were probably doing 65 or 70. And I actually thought to myself, there's absolutely no way I'd be doing anything close to this speed if I was driving the Pajero. Because the Pajero would not necessarily roll. There's no proof because I've never tried it, but it wouldn't give you the confidence and the feel on the road to be able to do that. So there's a lot of smart stuff put on the new 4x4s and off-road um, segment of vehicles that, that try to counteract what is a massive issue on the road of mm. body roll. 
speaking of moving, I'm going to, I'm going to move us in a slightly different direction, but we, we do talk a lot about electric cars and, you know, batteries are now the big issue with those. I mean, the battery technology has just taken off and the number of people who are jumping in to, to the market. And this one's been on, on the, the table for a while now, but the Cadillac Lyric electric SUV that the, the folks over at, at Caddy have put together. And I'm, I'm looking at this thing. And the first time I saw it, and every time I take a look at this, I'm 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 always trying to figure out what car does this actually look like to me? Because while it's it's kind of cool looking and it's you know it's got a fantastic front grille, I kept looking at going, is this an infinity? It reminds me of an infinity, or is it kind of like a kicks, like the body of a Nissan Kicks, maybe a little bit? Like it's got that kind of shaping that my, my first, at first blush, I kind of went, oh, okay, now this is really interesting. And, you know, the Cadillac guys are pulling out all the stops to make this, you know, a, a go-to vehicle. I mean, yep. but I wondered if, you know, my big, my big question is, is it too much too late in that they're, they're really trying to jump into that game, but Tesla's already kind of got their name on it. And it's all, you know, will, will people sort of look over and say, well, it's Cadillac. I yeah, want I mean, the badge. The, 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 yeah, the front end is unmistakably Cadillac. Front yeah. on that car is... Yeah, there's no question. You know, that's that a car is a work of art. The lights, okay. The, but they, they, they but, make a statement. With but, isn't, but I tell you what, the car reminds me of. It reminds me oh, of the Telluride. No, you, you know what it, yes. You know what it reminds me of? I'm looking at uh, an image further down. And again, it's, it's the wheels that are huge. It does kind of look like a Telluride, doesn't it? But the wheels are huge. I'm thinking Evoke. It looks like an Evoke. Yeah, it does with the with the sort of yeah with the sleek. Um, and if they just sleeked back the back, you know, yeah. the backside over the back windows on this four door version, just a another half an inch, you'd be driving an Evoke. Yeah, the back end's quite Volvo as well. Yeah. Um, I, look, we've said before, wind tunnel shaped cars now. Yeah. And there's not much you can do about that, and and that's understandable, particularly for an electric car. It's, uh, I know, it's, I'm just looking at all the different controls. I here. don't know what they've put into it, R&D. I mean, General Motors are doing a lot. There's, there's with under the Chevy yeah. mark, there's already um, quite a few leaps forward. And, and they've, obviously, with the Chevrolet brand, they've they've gone more after the everyman. Yeah. Cadillac's not for everybody. You know? No. When, when, when you can afford a Cadillac, it's probably because you've, retired and got a few houses dotted over the world but you know <laughs> i don't think you're going to be driving a cadillac as an everyman but well it, it mean they're already setting it out to compete with the tesla x and y they've they say they've been working in the crossover market for a while this is kind of their you know this is this is their answer to the tesla market saying hey you know you've always loved a caddy now we're giving you the caddy that that's going to work for you and they're they're saying that this whole the technology that they're putting into this thing is just over the top. They're just saying it it is going to have the best technology out there. And they're saying, I mean, it's not being made yet. They say about eighty five percent ready to, for production. You know, isn't it amazing that Tesla have just gone about their business? Yeah, and then all of a sudden, Cadillac, yeah, Audi, Mercedes, all the premium marks are having to go after them. You know, they Tesla have never come out and said we're a premium yeah. brand, we're this, we're that, the other. But it's all the big boys that are going after them. Yeah, 
And yeah. you know, they've, they've, they've come out and they said, Hey, you know what, you know, I, when I think Tesla, it's not so much the cars, I'm thinking of the batteries that they're generating. They're, they're building, you know, battery technology has been a big thing with Tesla for a while. Uh, th- these guys Cadillac have come out and said, Hey, we're using an, an Ultium battery system. That's nickel, cobalt, magnesium, aluminum chemistry. And it's, you know, 70% less cobalt in the battery itself, 90% less wiring in this vehicle than the, than the current GM battery designs. Like we're, we're pulling out all the stops to make this efficient and top of the technology. And, and, but you're right. They, they've got to constantly now be touting, Hey, we're really good at this. And let's look at what we've done Yeah, because Elon Musk and co are just getting on doing business and say, yeah, you know what? We we're using tons of tech in here. And it's, Something that you can you can certainly not say about a Cadillac is that they've ever been lacking in anything. No. They've f- always been bells and whistles and they've always been <laughs> quite the sight to behold, whether whether you like them or not. Yeah. And I actually excuse me, I actually like the Escalade. Mm. Oh, I love an Escalade. I do like the Escalade. I mean I prefer the um Yukon, but that's just that's just mm. subject it's effectively the same. But I, I I do like the Escalade and and the tech's always been on them that's always been on them has always been cutting edge at the time. So who knows? You know that they're going to come. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at that side profile. Again. It's very Range Rover Velar, isn't it? it or, or the Velar. There we go. You know, yeah. it's like I wonder. I almost want to take a look at you know who's who's the team behind this and did some of those folks come from that that school of thought? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it does very large. It's, it's those tires. I think it's the tires. Screams sort of architect at you, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it, I think what I really like about it is when I, I look at some of the stuff coming out of Mazda these days, it's all so round. Or you know, the F Pace over in Jaguar, all so round. And this yeah. car is not round. Yeah, but you know, the, the one, the one for me, which hopefully it's not, it's not the. The, the latest Jimny yeah. obviously gets a lot of love for its looks and it's just a bit of a, you know, from your experience, a bit of a meh car a to drive. It's box, just, yeah. you know, it's just a, it's, it's a f- perfectly capable, but it's a small engine, small car and what really are you going to do with it? Um, waiting list to buy one and the majority of the reason for that is probably they're well priced and they just look cool. Yeah. And it's same with that Honda EV. Mm. that looks a little bit like an old um, an old Mark 1 Golf just rounded off a little bit yeah. um, that to me is quite unique for today and I think I'd like to think that that will sell obviously it's aimed at selling in volume with the size of it but the fact that it looks a little bit unique I think it probably for me would sell better than, than something that just looks like a what? anything else so i i think what they're going to be playing on is the badge and it's cadillac yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> you know it, you're i think people you drive a cadillac doesn't matter what cadillac you're driving it's a cadillac yeah. you know i'm going you know, can you go get the cadillac can you go get the caddy it's like no one says can you go get the caddy and then what the name of the car is they just go get the cadillac and i think the brand name and the badge name is is going to work tremendously well for them yeah is and I, I know that we're you know we've got a lot of folks out there who are buying Teslas they're you know they good luck at getting one I, I think it's the longevity of the brand that for Cadillac is going to work like they've been around they've they've taken their designs and stuff and this is their car and they're they're putting their knowledge into it 
that they, they might be looking over at Elon Musk's crew and saying, you guys are new on the block. What's the, what's the longevity of this vehicle going to be? We know we have a sense of what it might be from Cadillac, given what they've done in the past. Yeah, I think the only thing is, I think maybe if this had happened 20 years ago, that's the other side. The, the, Why didn't then, they, then there would be there would be no Tesla? Yeah. Not not to the extent there is today. Why didn't they champion? But this? It, it would never have happened without Tesla. This would never have happened. So that that becomes the other side of the whole thing. Is are you going to get revenge buying of electric vehicles from people like you and me who saying, well, you know what? On the flip side of what I just said, it's going to go well. Cadillac, you guys should have done a better job. Mr. Musk here, he's pulled the rabbit out of the hat. We're going to go buy him just in spite of you guys. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing with, I mean, the, the thing for me is like, Tesla, cash rich. Yeah. The guy's going to Mars. He doesn't care. <laughs> what about the- guys blow it up. Who cares? I'm going to Mars. So come get me. Come get me. Indict me. No problem. I'm going to Mars. I don't care. So like, that's the ultimate end game here. So obviously he's yeah. pretty sure he's not that kind of person that's just thinking, what the hell? He's going to leave how you would think a legacy for his for his child who's got a name like some sort of weird computer code but anyway he's got to leave something now well maybe he's gonna leave him the boring business they've got the whole tunnel well, yeah exactly side, which yeah. we never hear anything about anymore yeah well it's you know it's, it's still got going so strong. much things going hyperloop we don't hear anything about that anymore yeah, i mean that'll that'll just happen <laughs> won't it that'll just that'll just be one of those things that happens oh well, by the way it's here yeah and then you know the problem how much cash have General Motors got? Yeah. Seriously, like, weren't yeah. they bailed out? Exactly. So so then, the and we talked about this when we said- I think you know, Ford the, was one of the only ones that didn't take any cash. Yeah, and we talked about this, right, when we said a couple of shows ago where we said, look, the, the thing is for me, this is a personal opinion, if you've got anything from the whole lockdown, coronavirus, COVID-19 situation of the last six months, it's the appreciation of what you can make yourself or mm. in your local area or if that's extended to country. Now, America's a huge place, huge, huge place. But look at all the decisions that get made in the motor industry because America's such an important market. Yeah. AC gas, the, the, the biggest one I can think of in the last 10 years because Americans' market said, well, no, the American manufacturer said, we're not, we're not going to change our machinery for that. So you don't, if you put that carbon dioxide AC and we ain't selling your cars here, so all of a sudden everyone went back and it, it was a backward step for the for the environment and also for technology. But ultimately money pays bills and keeps people in jobs and they made the decision on a financial basis. So America's a massive market. Now, if the American public who, as I see it as a non-American, I don't know, I could be wrong, own a stake in General Motors, wouldn't it make mm. sense for them to buy General Motors cars? Yeah. Get their money back. For thinking like that. You know, and, yeah. and, and that's nothing against any of the other marks and any of the other brands there, but that just makes so much sense to me. And I'm, especially or do people think, you know, they had our money without our, you know, there was no vote on it. We didn't want them to have our money. They're polluting our environment and yeah. this, that, and the other. They're laying people off left, right, and center. Yeah. We didn't want them to have our money. So like you said, screw you guys. Yeah. I, I worry about the revenge side of saying, you know, that you got bailed out. You're still sell these cars and things. Yeah, they give us jobs, and there's a lot of ancillary activity that goes on with the vehicles. But at the end of the day, you know they're still expensive, and you know you guys waited for Mr. Musk and Co. to kick you in the pants to get you activated. 
Should have done a better as job. A sh- as, as, a, as a shareholder or somebody, in it, you'd be you'd be <laughs> devastated. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the only thing you, I still still believe because of the raw material and the and 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 everything that's required and the regions that you can get this raw material at the moment, it just makes batteries to me a a, 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 a short term answer. Yeah. I think it makes it the the start and ultimately it makes so much more sense to go hydrogen fuel cell than a battery-powered yeah. battery vehicle. Who, who was talking about that? We, we were firing something uh, across to each other on, on WhatsApp. Another company that is oh, well yeah. ahead on that. I, I don't know which company I was can't it. remember what that was. I mean, no. But they're well ahead on this hydrogen fuel cell concept, and they're, they're ready to go. I think it was university, wasn't it? I can't I mean, remember. Quite a, quite a, uh, a good-looking vehicle yeah. as well. Very, very sleek. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's the answer. We've said it before. Yeah. For me, it's the answer for sure. And I don't think it's a matter of it's a matter of whether you can now slow down the market because it's come, it's become a bit of a political thing. You know, we we have it here. It's free until the end of twenty twenty one to charge your electric vehicle at home, which is not bad. Which is great. It's even nice. You go to the mall. You take yeah. a Tesla, right? You get a Tesla. If you go and buy a Tesla today, it doesn't need a service for five years. Now that's crazy. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> but they're so well monitored and controlled yeah. that they believe that they can keep you on the road and come to you when they detect a fault or bring you in when they detect a fault. That, that, yeah. that, that's great. And, and, and I don't know because I've never owned one. But for five years, you don't do anything apart from tires probably I would think brakes although an electric vehicle you don't necessarily need your brakes because you brake the motor rather than the mm. actual wheels um, and then you're paying nothing to charge it yeah. and if you did or when you when you do have to it's probably going to cost you 20 dirhams yeah. like what can 6 dollars yeah. to, to fill the thing <laughs> you can do 300 kilometers plus yeah. now 300 miles plus now yeah. on, a, on a full charge there's more and more charging stations you don't want to be driving everywhere. much more than that anyway like that's no I know but you know that yeah. you know you know the way things are going now you, there will be governments and local governments and centralized governments that will get elected on that we're going to put charging stations for free in city centres and there's going to be abolishment of this charge and there's going to be a higher tax on the polluting cars and et cetera, et cetera. Now, you know, in that, with that becoming a political tool, how do you then change everybody's mind to hydrogen? Do you then have the same problem with electric vehicles becoming so important to the industry? A bit like with when they didn't want to put seatbelts and airbags in cars before. You know the lobbyists from the from the motor making side of the industry were like, no, no, we don't need to do that because it was an extra cost to them, and they they weren't allowed to charge more for it. That they they managed to put that legislation off for years because they were lobbying the government in their favour. Did will that then happen with hydrogen? Will that will it be a matter of battery manufacturing has become so important to the economy that they say, no, 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 forget these fuel cells. We've got this, and so who knows who the, the next the next 10, 15 years is going to be strange. And, and the, the problem with that, you know, especially for a place like North America, you can only ever have a president for eight years. Yeah. 
So why do they care? <laughs> Once they're in, then what do they care? Yeah. You know, yeah. not all of them, not all of them can necessarily see, well, it's worth doing something for the benefit of the next 20 years because I'm only here for four, maybe eight. Yeah. It's interesting. I think there's, Very. I think the story's got a lot more to play out when we you know, start depacking it a little it's bit. It's going to be interesting to look back on it and, and, yeah. and see where we go and, you know, the, the, the internal combustion thing is, is, it, that excites me a little bit because I think you're going to have people owning those kind of cars that enjoy them for what they are. Mm. It's all of a sudden going to change the relationship that I will have with my customers because they'll be keeping them because they like them. Yeah. But and put electric vehicles, electric vehicles have to get a lot more affordable first. Yeah, the pricing's way out, and yeah. and they need to have a, a low range one, so you still get the the kilometers out of it, but you're not paying you know, through the roof for a, a luxury car price for something that's more economy. Yeah. I think if you, if you take a, a typical tower block here, if there's hundred parking spaces underneath and that's a massive underestimate, but let's say there's a hundred, if half of them are electric vehicles, that's 50 charging stations. Can you where's imagine? The, where, where's the cabling <laughs> coming from for that? Yeah. Can you imagine? You know, where is that coming from? Who's going to lay that cable and yeah. the logistics of doing that and, what happens in the event of a, an electrical yeah. fire or electrical accident or, you know, and, and then, and then also, and I'm sure there's fail safes and there's somebody's thought about, because if I'm thinking about it, somebody else has, but if you plug your car into a public charging station, who's responsible for an issue? Mm -hmm. What happens if there's a fire? What happens if it's not your issue? Yeah. What, 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 happens if the, what happens if the, the charger yeah. malfunctions? And it's the sink. same with petrol. You put yeah. your car with petrol in the petrol station and, and you know, they, they put diesel in it or, the, or something catches fire because someone's not turned their engine off or someone's smoking or yeah. whatever it may be. And, you know, it's, it's probably people laughing at me saying it and thinking, you know, they, they said that we couldn't do more than 25 miles an hour when they first invented the steam engine. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise we vaporize. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's just the way things were thought of and, and you just have to get used to them. And I'm, and I'm open-minded and, and excited to, to have that become the norm. But how many tower blocks can we see out the window here? Yeah. If every single one of them needs 50% capacity for charging stations, where do you get the cable from? I know, exactly. So th this is the interesting thing and, to me. And think the feed you have to have going into that parking structure because yeah. suddenly you've got 50, 60 cars that need... You know, well, here's a good example, right? It's So it's August now and it's started to... The humidity has died off a little f the last few days and, and the temperature's slowly creeping back down to the low 40s and it's, it's getting better. But AC's on all the time. Mm -hmm. And if you've got 50 vehicles being charged underground plus all those 50 people that therefore are in the building, they've all got their AC units running. Everyone's, that's just a huge drain on everything. They've got lights on, they're yeah. cooking. You've got the, the oven going because you're cooking because you've come home from work. And this is, um, this is a consideration that is purely down to basically just town planning. Mm. But this was not, even in the thought when they made downtown Dubai, <laughs> no. there was nobody no. thought, well, we need to leave space here for yeah. an extra 500 kilometers of cable, yeah. which is copper, which is another raw material <laughs> that gets produced in a polluting factory, which gets wrapped in plastic insulation, which gets produced in a very polluting factory in a, from crude oil. So these electric vehicles, they do have their drawbacks and, and, and I'm not entirely sure 
I, I, I just don't know. I, yeah. Disposal of the motor, disposal of the battery. I'm not entirely sure. I, I just think fuel cells make a, a, a lot a lot more sense. They're, they're such a long-term solution. Hydrogen is abundant in the universe. Cobalt for batteries and lithium is not. Yeah. It will we'll run out of that on the planet. And, you know, it's it, it's interesting. The, the EV thing is a great thing to, to trigger a conversation, but I don't think it should be the end of it. Yeah. I, th- I think it's actually probably doing more harm than good to the environment. In, certainly in the long term. Speaking of the environment and speaking of vehicles, I wanted to tap you on a couple uh, explanations. One of them is, and we actually had this one. I was I was in the shop and you were showing me some tires. Why it's important that we rotate tires on a vehicle. Yeah, well, it, it, for a purely financial reason, if you, if you take a front-engine vehicle, your weight is focused on the front of the vehicle because that's where the engine is, typically the gearbox is on that, over that front axle as well. The driver sits in the front, you do your steering from the front, so those wheels are moving left, right, up and down with the suspension with more weight on them so that they'll wear out quicker than the rear ones. Mm. And if you want to get maximum use out of those tires, just rotate them every 10,000 kilometers, just put the front, so front ones on to the back, back and back so ones you, on the front. So you always do front to back, back to front. You it don't depends. do right to left. So there are different patterns. So some four by fours do a pattern where it's like in, in a, a shape of a G, including the spare. So you'll go front right to front left, front left to rear left, rear left to spare, spare to rear right, and mm. going around like that. There's there's so many different ways to rotate tires. It, it, is, there, is there a preference? Is one babe, is there the ultimate way that we should no, be doing? No, not really. Depends on the use of car, the type of car, okay. the type of drive it's got. The, the uh, some tires are directional, so you can't put one on the left to the right. Mm. Um, so, so there's always there's always things to consider, but the 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 best and and can't really go wrong unless you've got different size front to rear tires. Is going front to back, okay. back to front. It's very simple to do. And um, anyone that supplies tires, as we do, that, that fits tires, we will rotate them for free. Mm. And when you're rotating your tires, you should get them rebalanced, right? Or no? It would make sense to, because they're coming off anyway. Yeah. So we, we, so we call it a rotation and balancing. So we take them off, rebalance them, put them on the front. And we do that every 10,000 kilometers without charge, if we've supplied the tires. We'll do it on a service as well, as part of the service. So there's not, there's not... The other aspect of it is in just having it in your mind that you're going to go and get that done, it allows somebody in a workshop to have a once-over of your tyres regularly to make mm. sure there's nothing wearing unevenly. You can make sure there's no uh, steering or suspension issues. So it's just a very, very good idea in every, in every way. And, and tyres do tell quite a story. You showed me a set of tyres that were really worn on the inside, not on the, you know, on the inside bead on the the other side they weren't worn at all it was it was strange looking and then there was a blowout in there too yeah well you know if if you get a even if you get a very very slight issue with your suspension sometimes you get problems with suspension bushes and well every day every time we see a car there'll be some suspension component that, that, that is getting towards the end of its life now the first thing that i always check is are the tires wearing unevenly and or are the brakes wearing unevenly because loads are different left to right because the suspension's failing. 
And if both of those things you get an answer of no, not yet, then the customer can be explained to them that, okay, we'll monitor this. We'll see you in between now and the next service. Uh, that's, <coughs> excuse me, that's the best thing to do. But in, in the occasion, in, in the situation like this, the tires had worn out and it was too late and there's nothing to do then but replace them. But also you need to fix the root cause of that. Otherwise the new tires won't take long. I mean, you can, you can wear a tire like the one I showed you in, in less than a week. Really? Just because your bushings are off? Or yeah, if you're doing a hundred kilometers a day, that, that won't take long at all. Hmm. I, I saw a car again yesterday. It was a, it was a van. So first of all, it was pretty noisy and that, that caught my attention because, you know, my vehicles are always, almost always noisy. So it was more, it was noisier than mine. But the second thing was I was look, watching the guy who was driving and it was like he was holding on for dear life because it seemed that there was a lot of vibration in that vehicle. <laughs> and, you know, it sounded weird and it, it kind of looked like it was bouncing, but clearly he was holding on to the steering wheel for dear life. So I'm thinking there was a suspension issue and probably a tire issue as well. Yeah, I think um, one of the common ones here is the dampers or shock absorbers. They 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 fail to a point where the spring can just keep oscillating. So they're not dampening the spring. They're not doing what they're supposed to do. And then the tyre is effectively coming in and out of contact with the road. So you get a bit of a droning noise inside. You get a vibration, of course, but the tyre wears out um, like a, a dodecahedron. You, get, you just get straight edges on it, basically, all the way around. Um, that's more common on the rear. That when that happens on the front, you really struggle to hold onto the steering wheel. And one of the other problems with with with, with alloy wheels here, I suppose, and the heat is that the 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 balancing weight so that they don't damage the alloy wheel, but also so they don't spoil the look of the alloy wheel. They're they're mm. stuck on on the inside, mm. and and wheels get very hot. The the wheels are very very hot. We typically then just blast them while we're washing them, okay. and it knocks the weights off, and then you can take the car down the road and they're out of balance and then that that adds the that 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 vibration and non-true rotational movement of that wheel can add to the increases the temperature of the tire which increases the pressure inside slightly which changes how it handles and changes how it wears so it's very important that we always regularly have tires check, checking a tire can give you so much information about the car mm. tell you if there's a problem with the suspension it can tell you if there's a problem with the steering and and especially on front tires, you only really need to give your steering wheel a full turn one way, and you can see the whole width yeah. of the tread. And if you've got a if you've got a workshop that you use or a garage that you use, you can send that photograph of that to them and say, "Look, is everything okay with this? Do I need to bring it in?" And nobody's going to turn you away for for checking tires. It's such an important part of safety. We could have a whole conversation on that. What I what I do want to talk about, I'm going to put them on our list because I think we're going to we're going to wrap up. Uh, look, at this, but I do want to talk about spark plugs and wires on our next meeting, uh, as well as AC servicing, new versus used. And I got questions about nitro and air in tires, trickle chargers. Or should we have a trickle charger on our our vehicles and uh, additives? Cool. So that's where they're putting those on the list for for the next show. So we know where we're going. You need to speak to Colin about the additive stuff. <laughs> So is he, is, is he an advocate? He used to work for the company. I think it was STP, maybe. Really? Yeah. So uh, we get. In fact, I want to know where trade descriptions are here. There's a trade descriptions act in the UK. I was in the car. I was in the back of the car, and we'd gone to put petrol in it. Yeah. And um, there was nobody there at the pump, and obviously you can't manually operate them. So I'd gone in the back of the car, and I was trying to move the spare seat. And then the guy, as you do, yeah, the guy opened the uh, fuel cap, went round to the window. 
and Amy put the window down and said to her, full special please and he said oh there was a lot of air in the tank when I opened it <laughs> shall we shall we put an additive in there and I just sort of popped up in the back of the car and I was like no no thank you what, what's the additive doing of course there's air in it the tank doesn't collapse of course there's air in it so yeah I mean I don't know who's giving them that that no, I, line no no there's another one they do there's another one where the, they take off the cap and then the guy runs his finger around and says look it's it's dirty in your fuel tank you need this added I'm going dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh yeah maybe 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 colin came up with those sales yeah. pitches you know what i'm thinking you're right we'll uh we'll pose that to him yeah that would be a great conversation yeah. <laughs> oh man with that being said glenn power powerworks automotive joins us every week or so at about this time and we have a conversation about cars and more you want to get in touch with us pretty easy podholics with a k at gmail.com find hundreds and hundreds of podcasts by us on podholics with a k www.com figure out the order you can do that <laughs> you're like that's kind of best the quiz for this week yeah if what's you work the order out, leave us an email <laughs> And of course, find us on the socials, get in touch, share what you're thinking. We'll do it all again real soon. Coming to you from the podcast suite of the Rove Hotel downtown. This has been PowerWorks on Podaholics. Podaholics.